Let us pray. Come, Holy Spirit, take our minds and think through them. Take our lips and speak through them. Take our hearts and set them on fire. Amen. One need only walk or will or drive around any given city block to see the change or make a visit to the grocery store, or have groceries delivered to one's home, or catch up with family members over video chat to perceive it. The it of which I speak is elusive. It is deeper than masks and social distancing and outdoor dining. I can't quite put my finger on what it is, but something has changed. First, I wonder if it may be grief. When I left my office to begin working from home on Thursday, March 12th, I knew it would be temporary. But just in case it's, it was prolonged, I thought, it might be wise to take my two office plants home, just in case. Five and a half months later, my succulent and alocasia poly are well, if displaced. When I water them, I am reminded that my kitchen counter and dining room cabinet are not their original homes. They are meant to live in my office at 1350 Washington. They are meant to live off the slight measure of light from the north, a direction my apartment unit does not face. To grieve is to realize something that was meant to be long, something that was meant to be no longer is or never was and yet the plants are thriving, and yet the grief remains. Second, I wonder if the it may be the loss of the illusion of control. Notice that I say the illusion of control and not control itself. Maybe the it may be the loss of the illusion of control. When I left my office five and a half months ago, it never dawned on me that I might be entering a protracted season away from all I've come to understand as normal. Unremarkable staff meetings, walks around the corner for lunch at Bang Up to the Elephant for a Casa Reap rice bowl, running into our Welcome Center volunteers, or one of you carving out a time of prayer in the cathedral or chapel nave. Without knowing it, my routine, those things I expected to happen or not to happen every day between Sunday and Thursday had become my own version of The Sims, that series of life simulation video games in which the player is a sort of puppeteer of an on-screen cast of characters and households. It is amazing how subtly that happens. 
the lulling effect of routine, the feeling over time that everything that can be anticipated has been anticipated. Everything that can happen has happened. When the unanticipated thing occurs, be it a medical bill or a dead battery or a pandemic, the alluring illusion of control comes to a sudden halt. When I am going about life as usual, as expected, as planned for, the illusion of control is a strong sensation. It is the sensation Moses feels just before he spots the burning bush and Mary feels just before the angel says, Hail Mary, full of grace and Shifra and Pua filled just before Pharaoh orders the Hebrew midwives to murder all the firstborn boys. Then the moment takes an unexpected turn and I, we, they realize an illusion of control I had before this pandemic or before that diagnosis or before that accident or before that unexpected death or before a loved one was diagnosed, or before that health scare, or before I was fired, or before, or before, or before, was just that, an illusion. There is much to grieve, isn't there? Canceled plans, lost income, the loss of over 170,000 loved ones in this country alone, not to mention the casualties to an invisible virus in nations too numerous to name. The partisanization of public health guidelines and the general unrest that comes from the intense ambiguity of not knowing when this pandemic will end. One of the great temptations of this time is to portray ourselves as masters of meditation who understand self-isolation as an opportunity to grow. Now, that, that may very well be the case for some, that like Jesus, they can nap while a storm rages around them, that they can rest while a pandemic rages around them. And aside, this sermon is not for them. For the rest of us, this has been a time of heightened distraction, worry, and uncertainty. Our sleep schedules, social calendars, and project plans are abnormal. For the rest of us, the pandemic is not a vacation. And that is okay. God is able to entertain an infinite range of emotions and reactions from us. There is no one way to survive this time. There is no one way to be alive in this time. There is no one way to feel alive in this time. And that is okay. That is okay. Feeling grief or grieving the loss of the illusion of control is a natural response to all we are experiencing. 
especially as the skies of Metro Denver are filled with smoke from our west, engulfing us in the reminder that we all share the same air, something we are reminded of every time we leave our homes or have a package delivered and don a mask. To paraphrase and riff off of one of my college professors, grief is the rent we pay to love. Grief is the rent we pay when we love someone. That is not meant to comfort, but it does help frame our current ecosystem of widespread pain and mourning. We grieve the over 170,000 lives lost to this pandemic because we love them. And we grieve the postponed funeral, the canceled wedding, because we love. This is the good news. God grieves all these losses alongside us because God loves us. We are never alone in our grief. A few days ago, I came across Sergeant Gerald Westbrook's definition of the word soul from 1964. First, he says, History identifies those who possess soul. The Bible reveals from whence soul came. The song that begins lift every voice and sing portrays soul. James Meredith's fight to integrate the University of Mississippi manifests soul. And Mary Lou Williams' compositions display soul. And then he goes on to say something that has nagged at me ever since reading it. Quote, soul combines strength and a feeling of helplessness, faith and a feeling of hopelessness, an awareness of living and suffering, a love for loving, an urge for laughing, and the need to cry. Soul is to each of us what it is unto itself, a reflection of life's miseries and a mirror for its joys. We have caught that reflection. We have looked into that mirror, end quote. And looked into that mirror we have. Let us pray. God, we thank you for the gift of soul, for the gift of faith and a feeling of hopelessness, an awareness of living and suffering, a love for loving, an urge for laughing, and the need to cry. Amen.